0: Hi, I'm Lori Economy, and I am the Director of Employee Development, and this is Beyond the Barrels.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Beyond the Barrels. Grant, drumroll here. Oh, it actually worked. Cool. <laughs> episode number 24. Is that right? Yes, episode 24. 24. We are glad you're here. You're still listening. Maybe you're a first-time listener. If so, welcome. Glad Where have you're... you been for the last year? Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing this for a while. Get on the boat, everybody. Uh, episode 24, as Carlos pointed out in our last podcast, he said we should actually be giving a prize for those who have listened to the most amount. Um, my mom has probably listened to all 24 of them, so that's good. Grant, you have, by force. It's part of your job. I've been in the room for all 24 of them. <laughs> yeah, Have I listened? That's another question. You're playing uh, Words with Fiends. Is that is that the commercial I hear all the time? <laughs> anyway, we're glad you're here. Uh, hopefully you're listening. And um, today our guest is Lori Economy. Hi, Lori.
0: Hello, everybody.
1: It's good to have you here. Lori is the director... Of employee development, did I get that right? You did get that right. It's changed a couple of times. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, you've been the director here for a while, but the the program name has changed. It's um, constantly evolving. It is, con- which is good, which yes. is how it should be.
0: Continuous improvement.
1: Um, tell me, Lori, where were you? So, how long have you been here at the department?
0: I've been with UDOT about five years now. In August, it'll be five years. Five
1: years. My, I'm in four years in August. So you were here just a little bit before I was. What did you do before you got here?
0: been a couple of different places, always in a learning and development capacity. Um, I worked for the Park Service, my very first job right out of college, um, also in learning and development and communications actually. Um, and then when I left the Park Service, I went to Department of Workforce Services, so another state agency. Um, I was My official title there was a program specialist, but the role was to um, train all of the federal policy changes as they would come in, um, and we would modify them, rewrite them. Sounds I know, right? Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> It was. I loved it, though. Um, yep. I actually have a master's degree in public policy and public administration, and um, that's why I got that, was to help with that um, those policy rule changes. And then my job, I was actually in region. what is our region for, yep. so I covered those 10 counties in southern Utah, and I would travel around and train all of the federal policy changes um, as they rolled out. That's fun. Yeah.
1: It's a good place to live, too. In fact, I'm, I think. You we're smiling, we're laughing, because you, you actually commuted for a while, didn't I you? I did. Of the last five years, how many of those were you commuting? Four. Four of those years you were commuting back yes. and forth, because you can't leave St. George alone. I
0: right? love St. George, Utah.
1: And you are a golfer, your husband's a golfer. Correct. And you can golf 12 months out of the year in St. I George. love
0: other things besides golf, though, but I do love well, golf. Yeah, Anything outdoors, I'm pretty much in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so St. George offers that. In a wonderful way. 365 (laughs) days a year. Um, Well, I don't know. See, because I lived in St. George for a while. And my argument was, people would say, oh, it's so hot there. To me, the heat down there is like the cold up here in Salt Lake, right? There are just certain months where you're not spending a lot of time outdoor. and. In Salt Lake, in the winter, you go from a heated house to a heated car to a heated office. And it's the same thing in St. George. You go from an air-conditioned house to an air-conditioned car to an air-conditioned
0: Absolutely. office. Absolutely. And then you get up early. You yep. do everything in the morning by 2 o'clock. You have freedom to yeah. sit and lounge around and, and lounge read around. and yep. watch TV or sports or whatever it is you want to do. Record it all and watch it yep. in the afternoon.
1: And that's why you didn't move for four years.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. yeah Southern Utah is... I love Southern Utah. Yeah. It's a good place.
1: Um... And then you had one stopover right before you got here, didn't you?
0: I did. I actually went, I left uh, state employment and went out to private industry. I worked for Family Dollar. Um, I worked for their corporate office. I was a training manager there. Um, Covered 11 distribution centers. And I did all of the training, onboarding, and safety training for that.
1: For those 11 distribution centers. For so those uh, 11
0: distribution that's centers. A lot. It was a lot. Um, I think in the three years that I worked there, I onboarded like 4,200 oh employees or something crazy like that. Three
1: <laughs> times the amount of employees we have here.
0: Exactly. And safety training, of course, was key there. Um, yeah. It was a lot of every Friday. We did new employee orientation every Friday. And then the following week, we would do all of the training associated with that new employee. And there would be about 15 to 20 new employees in that. Um, new Every report. single week. Every single week. Man, it's like Groundhog's Day. I mean, exactly. <laughs> and badges. Oh, my gosh. I don't. I made way too many we badges. Have a hard,
1: we have a hard enough time here when we've got a group of four. I right? know, right? Like printing the
0: badges. Exactly.
1: Uh, well, we are glad you're here. We're glad that UDOT snagged you away from the private sector.
0: I, I was very grateful to come back and work for UDOT.
1: Um, and, and I think we're going uh, to, in our discussion today, we're going to talk a little bit about what the goal is and how we hope that that's the environment that we're creating here is the place where you want to come back to. So, um, all right, before we jump right into this, um, why you dot, I ask a lot of people this, why, why, why are you here? Why you dot,
0: you know, when I went, when I left, oh, this could be like a Vegas thing. Maybe I shouldn't say this out loud. (laughs) We'll see. If if it makes the cut,
1: (laughs) this may or may not make the cut, ladies and gentlemen.
0: When I left state employment and went out to work for private industry, I did that because I I was a little frustrated with working for state employment, and I felt like there might be better opportunities, right? Um, And I went out. I was out in private industry for three years, and I actually missed working for the state of Utah. Um, We do a lot of great things here in the state, um, especially within our state agencies, and um, I'm proud when I had the opportunity to come back and work for UDOT. I talked to some of my friends for state employment. They're like, oh, UDOT, that's one of the best places to work. If you can get on there, that's a great place to go. Um, And so when I made the decision to come back, especially in the capacity that I did, I was really looking for an opportunity to um, help people grow and change, and become the best possible people they could possibly be when they came to work every day. It's something that it's what why I do what I do. Is um, I feel like uh, outside w- living our lives every day, we really do. Most of us want to be the best person we can be every day we wake up. But then something happens when we come to work, and we kind of put on this work lens, and um, it becomes a place where we feel like we have to maybe perform, drive results, and not necessarily care about our employees or about our coworkers every day. And I feel like employee development is a way to show people their value in an organization and that people matter and that teamwork matters. Well, I,
1: I 100% agree with you. I think that when we see, we talk about engaged employees and we talk about employees that are happy at their jobs, it's those that are willing to look outside of their own little box, the, the duties and responsibilities that they have as an employee and start... Caring about who they work for, who they work with, um, I even I I think here at Utah, there's this great sense of pride for the state of Utah
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that I've noticed. And it's funny, you were you had a little bit of involvement last week with the Ashto, I did spring meeting that we had. And so much fun! It was way fun. Lori was in charge of the track and ride program, which are the high school kids that Correct. travel.
0: For the National Bridge Challenge. And they
1: come in and they have built bridges. I've, a lot of us build bridges in physics class in high school. This is bridges on steroids.
0: Yes, absolutely. And they
1: come they, they come and they actually test their bridges in front of the 50 CEOs of the different departments of transportation. It was pretty cool. It's we actually, cool. we live streamed the uh, bridge testing. So if you look at uh, the UDOT. YouTube page. You can watch the testing of the bridges the kids made, and it's really cool to see.
0: Yeah, that was amazing. Thanks so much for doing that. It worked out well.
1: But we took them on. A, you took them on a field trip to the TOC, and they learned about drones.
0: And they learned about drones. They learned about career opportunities in transportation. Um, they learned about uh, automated vehicles. Blaine Leonard did some conversation, had some conversations with them about that, and then we had our structures group come in and talk about how we maintain those bridges and how we use the drone, which was
1: really good because that's what they had been working on, especially with their bridges. And then we tied into what they'd learned in the morning about drones.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but what I wanted to say about this Astro thing is that they're from our UDOT employees. There was such a sense of pride on Utah and, and the conference was up in park city, but it was all about Utah. And these attendees were just so excited to be there. And, and some days it was snowing and some days it was raining and it was cold. Um, And it was fun to have the response like, yeah, this is the high desert. Like, welcome to Utah. This is this is spring in Utah. And it just I felt this great sense of pride for the state. And I think that goes department wide. Like, I really feel that our people and our employees have this pride for Utah. Part of that comes from our leadership, too. I mean, we're around Carlos a lot. And and Carlos talks about that. Thirty nine years ago, he came to ski for 1 year and it's been 39 years and I know he's been offered other positions bigger positions better positions and he just Utah's home mm-hmm. Utah's who is who we are so so that's part of it I think that when we as employees start to look outside of our own little box of worries and duties and responsibilities that that's when we become engaged and so I like that you put that in as that should be employee development mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily how do we do our job better but how do we how are we better people mm-hmm. so Okay, so let's get into the meat of this. You started five years ago. What did employee development, well, what was it called, and what did it look like when you got here?
0: Uh, There wasn't employee development when I got here, right? Um, They hired my position, and then they said build it. And so what that's looked like is over the last five years, we've been trying to build it, and we've been trying, you know, making moves, trying to, we had training available, obviously, on the construction side of the house, maintenance side of the house, but it was really... um, I want to use the word housed within each discipline within the department, and there was no organized effort or strategic effort around employee development and how we might help our employees understand um, what they bring to transportation what they bring to Utah Department of Transportation as a whole and um, how we can help them grow and find a home here at UDOT when it comes to their career. And so we've really set about kind of strategically trying to build that um what that looks like today is we've we've brought um, some of those training uh, managers that were housed in maintenance and construction, and now they all sit under an employee development function. Um, we also have employee safety underneath the employee development group. Um, we're really trying to change that focus. Most of our safety has been focused on the traveling public, which is very important, but it's also important for us for our employees to realize their role in safety um, for our everything that we do every day on the job here at UDOT.
1: That's actually a, a newer addition, too. A lot of these cha- a lot of the some of these changes, I'm not going to say a lot of these, some of these changes came about with the reorganization a year ago. Correct, correct. Right? Safety was one of those where it now, safety kind of used to sit in on its own island, and now it's part of the employee development umbrella. Correct,
0: yeah. It used to report to traffic and safety, and we still do look at uh, traffic and safety, still does look at the safety for the traveling public, but we're really trying to also get employees to consider their safety every day when they show up for work and to consider their coworkers' safety as well so that everyone goes home safe at the end of the day. Um, Carlos talks about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's not a talk that he doesn't end with that, right? Yeah, we, so, we want
1: you to go home to your family. Exactly. Um, so you got here. Each department had their own bit of training. Nothing necessarily across the board was consistent. Um, you didn't even have that many staff members.
0: No. No, there was
1: like three tra- three trainers, a couple guys in the regions, and that was about it. Correct. Um, and now, how big is your staff?
0: Um, just,
1: just let's just talk about the complex for a minute, because there's people in each region that do trainings on different things. Correct. But what does your complex staff look
0: like? Those that report to me, um, we have about eight on our team. Um, we've implemented the learning portal, uh, U dot University, which did exist before. Um, But, however, we've kind of put some structure into place around that and created the learning portal so that we can track everybody's training and then make training available in an online format, Um, some employee development training such as communications, business, Excel, Word, all of those. And if it doesn't work for you in an online format, then, of course, we'll send you to a class outside of that. But, of course, trying the online piece to reach as many employees as we possibly can up front.
1: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put in a plug for the employee website because that's a great way to get to U dot University. It's, so if you go to the employee website, uh, youdotu dot dot so youdot dot there's a tab there that says Employee Development. Correct. And the very first link under Employee Development says u.u So you log onto there, it asks you for your credentials that you log into your email or your computer with every day and uh, you can go right into the classes. It shows you what you signed up for, what's available to you. You can even search. Uh, in fact, I was searching yesterday. It's the end of the fiscal year, right? We've got a, a month left of the fiscal year, and I wanted to make sure that we put a video out on the employee website yesterday about finances. What does the end of the fiscal year look like? There are two really good trainings for the end of the fiscal year that your team has put together on u.u. So Microsoft skills, um, um, Financial skills, how do I buy stuff, how do I buy boots, whatever it is, like there's so much information on u.u. Correct. Stormwater.
0: Some of it's compliance. So those that you are that you're mentioning there are really compliance trainings and required. So again, if you have a P card or you're over an org and you're doing invoicing or you're a driver or you're and a you a need dri- to
1: drive people, right? Yeah.
0: Um, all of those compliance trainings are available there and you should be getting, you know, email. Alerts and notices that tell you, hey, you have this training due. Yeah, it's
1: due at the end of the month or whatever.
0: Correct. Stormwater, of course, that's in there. Also compliance. Um, safety training will be in there with compliance as well. But we also do have our leadership training available and others that are optional. So just there's 1,800 courses available Gosh. for search yeah. that you could actually take and, and hopefully you know, do some personal and career development in
1: there? Well, and some of them are going to be for, yeah, obviously for compliance, right? I need to learn about stormwater. I need to learn about workplace harassment or whatever, whatever the topic is. But there are some where really, if I want to get better at Excel, there are courses in there for getting better at Excel. Correct. Uh, So there's actual soft skills, there's hard skills, like there's all sorts of just great training, and, and like Lori said, 1,800 classes is a lot of classes. And
0: of course, since we've had the portal, um, the Learning Portal has been around since 2016, so not that long. But in those three years now, all the annual conference breakout sessions yep. are there yep. as well. So if you want to catch a breakout session you missed, that you can go on and take that. It's, they're on there as well. They're on
1: there. So you've mentioned a couple things. So you, this has all happened in the last couple of years with the Learning Portal. We've put a lot of this information into what's happening on just our other training levels. Like there's live trainings. Um, and we'll talk about it. So NEO, new employee orientation. Uh, you've got a leadership training series that we can we can kind of go into. Um, those are the two big ones that are actually programs. And then we can talk about career mobility and, and how does this really help us get better. But NEO, when I started, I think I was the first or second group to go through the new yeah, employee I orientation. Were. And... <laughs> The change that I got was OSHA training. I think before it was a one day, one and done, come in, we're going to take your picture, make sure that you understand what state retirement looks like. uh, How do you sign up for health benefits? It was kind of a, it was that kind Mm -hmm, of a thing. mm -hmm. Um, But even when I started, so there was OSHA training and it really was put in a CD, put in a DVD, push play, and that was my OSHA training. Um, It's changed quite a bit. So walk us through what new employee, like really, what the goal of new employee orientation is, and and why are we, why is it a three day training? Yeah, I, I think people go oh, three days. There's a rhyme. There's rhyme and reason behind it.
0: There is absolutely. Uh, we started NEO a couple of things. One is Carlos. Um, when you're doing employee onboarding, one of the the best things you can possibly do for new employees is to talk about the organization, its mission, its vision, its goals. Our culture, what kind of environment we want to create, and for the executive director or a senior leader of some sort to come in and meet those employees and to welcome them to the U. dot family and Which to the organization. Which is rare. Right? Which is rare. And Carlos rarely misses it, right? Yeah,
1: when he's when he's not there, it's a big deal for him. And in fact, I think that that's one of the the highlights of of his job is being able to go in and, and just talk to these new employees mm-hmm. and. And I don't know many organizations where every single employee is greeted when they get here by the executive director. It's kind of cool.
0: And that that is one of the main goals of why we're bringing him here to the complex so that he can meet them. We hand out our Strength Finders book. You know, Strength Finders is something we've embraced as an organization, and we've decided with our employees, we really want to focus on what we're great at. And you're the Strength Finders (laughs) guru there, but... Um, We want to talk with them about what that culture looks like and that we want to inspire them to become the best employee that they can be. We give them that information on that first day. Also on the first day is like our stormwater pollution prevention program. Um, We're required by law to go through that before any employee commences work. It has to happen before the first day.
1: Regardless of whether or not I will ever be around stormwater.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That is true. That is also true for safety training. And so um, OSHA 10 is a bit of a, a stretch probably for some of our admin personnel. Um, but for our those folks that are out in the field, it is required that we do OSHA.
1: But, but we've also, I mean, you've seen stats. I've seen safety stats. Most of the workplace comp, like workman's comp, Files are things that happen in an office environment, not necessarily those that happen on the road. And so even though we roll our eyes because oh, I'm gonna have a desk job or I'm gonna be in the complex, I'm not gonna be on an active construction site, those are the people that that typically get hurt more. Um whether or not it's because we're less aware or we don't think that we need it as much. So so the OSHA 10 does come in, in handy there, too. We talk about ergonomics and how do we stay safe and what happens if we're not feeling well or uncomfortable. All those kind of things go through new employee Exactly,
0: orientation. and I think it also gives um, admin personnel a sense of what dangers our um, folks out in the field face every day um, to understand who we are as an organization, what type of work we do. We are transportation it is what we do. And so it's important for them to understand what it's like to have the traveling public, you know, whizzing by you at 80 miles an hour out there. Yeah, it's different. Uh-huh. It's,
1: it, and I think when you understand that, because most people, not most, a good portion of the people that take OSHA training will never will never be in that environment. And until you're out that you've been on an active construction site, until you're out there, it's a different world. And so at least it gives people a glimpse of what our maintenance and construction workers go through. Absolutely. It's a scary, it's a scary deal. One of the big pushes, Lori, that I've seen from your group is this leadership training, this new push on creating better leaders. Um, and I'm excited about this. One of the stats. So I'm, I'm a Gallup geek, right? Like I like strengths finder. I'm a certified strengths coach. We talk about what engages people in the workplace and there's a stat. I don't know if this is exactly right, but it's something like 87% of people leave their job or their position because of their manager. Absolutely. Um, and so it's a big deal. I think your team has, has kind of honed in on this re- realizing that Across the department, we've got great managers. We've got some crappy managers. We've got people that are managers because they've been here a long time. Um, not necessarily ex-
0: technical experts at their job? Yeah. And so they're placed in a position of supervision. But
1: they're not necessarily the best leader for their group. So, yeah, the technical aptitude is off the charts. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they should in a leadership role. So what your posi- like what your group's position is, is how do we take these people that are in these roles that may not be natural leaders? Cause a lot of people aren't, uh, and help them with their leadership skills, help develop them into, into great leaders, uh, which then in result, you know, we talked about engagement and turnover and all that kind of stuff changes by the, by the caliber of the leadership we have. So talk a little bit about the leadership program, what it's doing and how we access that.
0: Yeah, so when, we, when I first came here to UDOT, um, we had leadership training, which is the, was the Ridgefield Leadership Institute. It happens once DeCoster a year. DeCoster is
1: the name we used to use, right? We're trying Tom, to, Tom DeCoster yeah, was the guy. Exactly,
0: and, and he, he is still here as part of that. Yeah. Um, but now we've, we've, we're trying to develop a full leadership development strategy. So what that looks like is we have a frontline leadership training. Um, we're doing that. It, it's three days. We talk um, talk about leading self. And how becoming a great, great leader, you have to first know who you are, what pushes those buttons in you, um, that when you're trying to lead folks and they're not listening
1: (laughs) or whatever, not
0: responding, not getting the results you're looking for, what's the why? And, um, I know for me, when I took my first leadership or supervision position, I would watch the the leader before me and I would think, oh, when I'm a supervisor, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. And then you get into that role and you start to do A, B, C, and D and it kind of falls flat and you're...
1: Yeah, people aren't responding
0: (laughs) You're like, what do I need to do (laughs) different? Yeah. Um, And until I took some supervisor and leadership courses, you know, to get some strategies and tactics in order to change that, um, I wasn't able to change my performance until I did that. So, um, and when we go out and talk to our supervisors, they were not getting that. They could be on the job three to five years before they ever had a leadership training And um, I think it's a big gap, and it's something that we need to help kind of fill in a little bit and try to get people ready to be supervisors and really to understand that frontline leadership training is not only um, helping people become supervisors the first time, but realizing that we lead ourselves every single day that we show up for work. And I'm kind of responsible for that hula hoop, that three feet in my, what I can control is me and my attitudes and, and what I show up with or work with that attitude and so that's part of it as well is helping you come to know who you are so that you can then become a leader and decide if you want to be one right because maybe it's not for you and um, we'd have HR come in and talk about the hiring process and what that looks like performance management we have our comptroller's group come in and talk to us about budget and how the money flows in and out of the department um, and what you need to know about that when you take on a budget Often we hand supervisors, you know, five to ten employees.
1: And they've never had to do payroll and or any exactly. of that kind of stuff. Exactly, and they've yeah.
0: never managed a budget, so yeah. we, we want to talk to them a little bit about what that looks like and how to do that. And then we have our safety group come in and talk about what it is to have a safety culture and how to develop that as a supervisor and what your responsibility is to your direct reports when it comes to safety and really how to create that workplace environment that we're looking for, um, that we care about each other every day and and, and whether we're safe on the job. And then we're talking about leading self, developing our employees, and then organizational improvement. Uh, You know, change is constant, and we really have to be looking at that and how we don't tire of the change inside of state government. That's, it's kind of the name of the game.
1: Well, and we kind of, I mean, that's who we are uh, on a public perspective, right, is that people look at us and say, there's always construction.
0: Absolutely. Right. There
1: is always construction. And and guys, that's how we make the roads better. Right. Is there that cones are up all the time and we should be able to look at inward at our at this organization and say, yeah, we are constantly moving and constantly getting better. And and orange cones are up all the time. And and we we need to be doing that because if we're stagnant, we're we're falling behind. You even mentioned earlier that. You'd talk to friends in other state departments that said, wow, UDOT is a great place to be. Guys, we really, we truly are the crown jewel in the Utah state government, in my opinion. Um, that's shown by what our legislatures give us, the legislators uh, give us. We got a billion dollar bond a couple of years ago. It's because of that level of trust is because we're constantly improving. And, and so that's what I love about your role, Lori, is that you you're doing exactly what we do to the public, to our employees. Absolutely. Is, is you And it may be uncomfortable sometimes, and there may be some congestion, right? and there may be a traffic jam, and we may stop. Um, but that's good. That means that we're progressing, that we're getting better.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that about the quality of life conversation. So we've been having that as an organization, and how do we create a better quality of life for the traveling public when it comes to our roads and our systems and our transportation systems? And I see that as employee development's role, is how do we – create a better employee experience for every employee here at UDOT, and, and what types of activities do we need to create at UDOT for them to make it their choice, employer of choice. They want to come to work for us. We're attracting those um, engineers and other folks right out of college to say, yeah, UDOT's the place I want to be, and I'm going to be proud to work for that organization.
1: Well, and we talked a little bit about... Um just when you and I were talking before about career mobility. And that's part of that is, is having this organization where I feel like I can grow. Um, and, and what makes it, um, what makes it attractive for me to stay? And you, you feel that that's kind of a big part of what your organization, what your group is responsible for.
0: It is. I'm, I'm looking at, um, you know, career mobility options, right? If I'm at, um, one position and I want to move to another, what's the path? How do I make that happen? You know, we have educational assistance available for our employees if they want to go back to school, get a degree or a different degree. Yeah, have state pays for it, guys. Right? You, well, UDOT pays for it, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not all state agencies have that. It is something that UDOT has chosen to embrace, and it is an employee development um, benefit that we have for our employees. And, and what we're looking at is, is how do we help them choose to stay here um by if they want to change their career, what can we do to help them make? Well, that happen?
1: we've seen a lot of employees do that too. We that have. have gone from one career, they started doing something, and they're now in a completely different job path because they went back to school and got a degree and and bettered themselves just through outside training. So.
0: Absolutely. I mean, come in at the absolute bottom level of a career path and become directors within the organization. Um, we can I've seen it in every different group that we have comptrollers, our, our transtechs have come in as transtech, gotten engineering degrees, you know, our DEs today, whatever that looks like. You know, Not everybody wants to take that path, but for those that do, it's available and it's an option for you to make that happen.
1: But that also takes hard work and dedication from our, our employees. This isn't a given. Anybody that's in that directors, Because I can think of three, four, five directors that started
0: Absolutely. on a
1: survey crew or as a cashier or whatever it was... It's work. It is work. Um, But the options are there.
0: It is. And I think, you know, Carlos speaks to it a lot when he talks about, you know, he hopes that our employees show up every day, you know, wanting to learn something new about how to drive the organization towards innovation and um, creating a better place to work. And that we have to constantly be um, what I call growth mindset, looking for ways to improve ourselves and our careers every single day. Um, It's who I want to be. It's what inspires me to show up every day and give 110%. And tomorrow I want to be better than I was today. And um, that's really what I see our employee development function, you know, is trying to get others to see that as well and the value in that and the value that it brings to the organization when we think that way. How do we make our teams and every activity that we do on a daily basis better tomorrow?
1: But I love that in your leadership training, that starts with you, right? It starts with that hula hoop, that three-foot that three circle around you. How do I make that better first?
0: How do I make that better first? Because you cannot make a change until you recognize and have awareness about who you are. Um, so we have that frontline leadership training. And then the second level is obviously the Richfield leadership training, which we take 50 or 60 of our employees every, every, year, every yeah. year. And um, we spend four days down in Richfield. Um, we do bring in Dr. Tom to do that and we have been doing that for quite some time. Um, after that, we actually have some quarterly leadership topics that we make available four times a year, obviously quarterly. We make that available four times a year, um, sometimes here at the complex and, um, it can be a variety of things like performance improvement or audit or presentation skills. You and Eileen have done that. We've done
1: presentation training. There's media training for some of them. Media
0: training. And then after that, we actually have a next level, which is uh, through the University of Utah Executive Education. It's six classes. That's good. I did that
1: last year. Yeah, yeah.
0: we're we're doing thirty a year that we can send through that, Um, and we're we're getting some. This is our second year for that. We're taking names for the next thirty for next year, so we do plan to continue that. After that, we have. Uh, the Ashto National Transportation Management Conference available to folks that we can send out. We also have the National Transportation Leadership Institute, which actually, usually, EM3s, division leaders, uh, those types of people, we send to that. It's a two week course that's in Indiana. Yeah. It's pretty intense. And not
1: many people get to go to that? Not either. many, very,
0: not very many Just people. Just a handful get to, every year. Correct. Yep. And then we have our Advanced uh, Transportation Leadership Institute as well.
1: One thing that I like that you've kind of instituted over the last few years, and it's probably been around for a while, but it's, it's more frontline now, is there's a mentorship program here. Correct. Um, talk about what that is. Who, who are the mentors? How do I get a mentor? If I want to be a better employee, want to learn how to do something better, how do I, how do I find somebody
0: Absolutely. So we have it available for everybody at, at the different phases of their career. So if you're brand new at the department and you're interested in a mentor to help you kind of learn the ropes, learn the culture at UDOT, workplace environment, everything that you would need to know to become successful at UDOT, we have folks that have volunteered to help out with that. And um, you can get those mentors by just contacting our group, uh, myself, Winston Inouye, uh Chris Dilley would be great contacts for that. Um, Also, the next step would be in the middle of the career. Say you want to make a move, and you're interested in what right-of-way does or what the comptroller's office does. Maybe you want to go work out in the region. Um, We have folks that are willing to help you kind of learn what that takes to make a a career adjustment. Obviously, back to the mobility concept of making UDOT your home and having the flexibility in your work assignment, um, that you're not stuck in one career if you want to make a change that you absolutely can. And then... You know, if you want to be in a leadership role, um, our senior leaders have offered to be mentors, and they have—most of them have signed up for that, I believe all—and they're willing to be mentors for anybody who's who would like to have one-on-one conversations with them and understand how they've made their transformation into leadership roles and what their moves within the department have been. So, um, kind of beginning, middle, and leadership level mentoring, uh, would just be contacting our team. You can also go on to the learning portal. We have a mentoring, uh, kind of, uh, workspace there. And if you click on there, you'll see a spot to sign up and put your name on that list to become a a mentor or to have somebody assigned as a mentor to you.
1: Well, and we'll put in the, in the podcast description and in the email and everything to, to you guys really, what's the best email address to, to, you know, To send an email to, I I want to give a shout out to this mentoring program because I I didn't officially go through it, but I have looked at my career path in the last four years, and and I get it. I have different access to our leadership than I think most employees do. Um, I I just remember I've I've had great relationships with all of our deputies and with our division leaders, and I remember just having you know. Early on in my in my career here, just great talks with Randy Park or Shane Marshall that would sit down and say, "Okay, here's what you need to know." Mm-hmm. And what I think is cool is that our senior leaders have signed up for this; like they Absolutely. are willing to give you that knowledge. And and if that's where you are in your career, and and you and you want to get into a leadership role, these guys have been through it. Um, Carlos started out on the survey crew somewhere. In fact, Shane Marshall did too. They started out. At the bottom, and, and at the materials lab, and all these things, and they they know how the organization works, and so uh, it's just a great resource.
0: Well, and I think many of them have even been, you know, come through our rotational program, started as interns, even summer interns, right, and then they've moved their way through the department. And every one of those leaders will tell you that mentoring was the answer for them, and that if, if they're willing to put themselves out there and ask those questions, there's always a leader on the other end that's willing to mentor somebody. And I have found that this is true. It's one of the things that makes UDOT a great place to work is that most of our employees are very um, open and willing to help others grow and become who they want to be within the department. That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
1: So lots of stuff happening now. What changes do we see in the future? What's the future of employee development?
0: Oh, of course, we're going to keep growing the function. And what, what we're doing now is kind of building those career paths by position and that's a pretty big job. So that what that looks like is taking, you know, when, you, when you're hired on the department, that there would be an actual um, onboarding process for you that would say, you are a communications manager. Welcome to UDOT. And here's all the courses that you need to take. And this is what competencies and behaviors and skills that you need to gain to be proficient within that role. What training we have available for you within that role. And then from there, you could make a decision. Is this where I want to stay or do I want to go somewhere else? And that if you have that built for every role within the department, then those behaviors are outlined, all the trainings outlined for you, and you can actually see that and visualize it and make a decision about where you want to move within the department. Um, To have a fully robust employee development program, we really need to be able to show people what that looks like as they transition to the department and obviously, not a guarantee that you're going to get to go exactly yeah, where you not. want, yeah. yeah. But you know, I, I equate it to it's like showing up for kindergarten on your first day, and we're telling you you have to stay here for 12 years, but we're not going to tell you how you get how you
1: get from here to there, kindergarten yeah.
0: <laughs> to, to graduation, right? Yeah. And so um, the goal would be that we outline that for folks, and, and we we're close. We're you know 90 percent there. We've done that, like with our TransTech uh, program, that career path is very outlined, and it shows how you come in on day one as a trans technician and what that looks like to transition to a TransTech 3 and every, you know, success and learning activity along the way that you have to accomplish. We're working on it with Port of Entry right now um, and also the design engineer career path. And um, so those are the next ones to come out in the next year or so.
1: Well, and even if, if it's not one of those three I guarantee you can sit down with Lori or Chris or somebody on her team and say, "Hey, here's where I want to be in five years," and they can actually say, "Hey, here's what we have available for
0: you." And uh, so, absolutely, we've kind of chunked it out. I mean, when you look at how our organization is built, we have what 500 TransTechs in our department. Yeah, yeah. You know, port of entry—that's about 100 employees. So you know, there you go, six or seven hundred employees that we've laid out what that career path looks like for them. You know, And then you move on to design engineer. Engineer is going to be the next biggest bucket of employees and where they sit within the department. And so that's kind of how we've prioritized that because it's such a big project of making that happen. Um, That's kind of how I've laid it out and why I've chosen to go that route. It may seem random at at first look, but I think when you start to break down where our employees sit within those types of positions, you'll see quickly that... Those are our biggest buckets of employees. And so as I kind of get through there and get through the engineering piece, then it will be the next is communications group and the comptroller's group and our right-of-way group. Um, and those numbers start to get smaller and smaller. Yeah. And eventually every position within the department would know what that path looks like for them.
1: Which is great, would- which is really, really cool. And that's one of the things that it's it's come to light to me, what my path looks like, where I, it wasn't at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool.
0: I think the main thing to realize for, you know, we really want to create a different mindset at UDOT where we're encouraging our employees to think about how we can be a better organization every single day that we show up. And we, you know, the way that employee development has transitioned over the years, you know, back in the day, you could get, you could graduate from college or not graduate from high school. You could pick a path and you could stay in that career pretty much for the next, what, 20, 30 years. And it was a pretty straightforward road. Today, with the changes in in the way we do business, it's not possible. We have to be willing to continually learn new ways of doing things. I mean, you take your iPhone, right? Or an Android phone, whatever that looks like, a phone. Every two years, it's changed. Your user interface is different. You have to learn how to use it. And that is true across all industries, and especially transportation. Um, You look at Going from horse and buggy to car. But that transition was like a 10-year yeah. transition. Yeah, and
1: it just happened. And it
0: happened, boom. Yeah. And now we're looking at that next level where, where you go from that to automated vehicles and the data.
1: Or to drone taxis to drone or whatever it is. drone whatever yeah. that looks like.
0: <laughs> we need a transportation system that supports that, which means we need to be considering how we do business and what our system looks like. And how do we build what the end user wants us to have? And so as employees, our job is to reconsider that and to be thinking about what that looks like.
1: Well, and I I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, is if we're not looking at bettering ourselves and bettering the department, it's just we're going to be stagnant and we're going to fall behind. And and, um, I said this earlier in the podcast, I, I know when I'm focusing on myself and, and making my job and my role better, and I start to look outside of that, that... My experience here at the department gets better.
0: Absolutely. And yeah. In everything that we do, and I think that really is kind of a change in mindset that has happened over time. Where, you know, before you had to really work hard to be just in survival, right? And I'm not saying we don't work hard, we do work hard. Of course. But there's just more focus on continuous improvement of self and how do we keep driving that? and becoming better every single day. And and that's my goal for employee development is that we're showing people how to do that outside of work and at work, right? Um, because what we do at home, it it kind of spills over to what happens to us every day on the job. Of course. Yeah. And it goes the other way. And it so, goes goes both ways.
1: Um, how do we be better? That's it. Just how do we be better?
0: I mean, we're doing it anyway. Yeah. We're going to wake up the next day. We're going to be... We're going to show up for work and we're going to be doing our job so how can we how can we do a little bit better every single day that we show up to do that and as Carlos says learn something new every day yeah I mean I don't know uh I want to do that for myself I want to be better every single day and it'll help me personally it helps my family and it helps the department
1: Lori, you are amazing. I think um, what you and your team are doing is just—it's incredible and it's fun for me to have seen the growth in your team in the last couple of years, and, and know that you guys really are there, for the betterment of all of you, dot. So, guys, take advantage of them. We'll make sure that all the information from Lori and her team is on the email um, and in the podcast description. So we end the same way every time, don't we, Grant? Can you get it right this time? Let's try. It's it. been a while. So Carlos would say, uh, "Thank you for all that you do." Put your seatbelts on. Put your phone down. Buckle up. That's kind of the it's same. That's like the same thing as put your seatbelts on. Uh, be safe out there. Thank you. <laughs> and you keep your talking. moving. See you next time.